In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Life is a gamble and I'm ready to show my cards. I'm the comeback queen of BravoCon. (laughs) And that's, I forgot the other part. I love it. I love it. You know what? Very much in line with the experience of this weekend. Oh my gosh. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. We're doing that. This is very exciting. Yes. I we're recording this for AG's listening to AG Classic. We also have video mm-hmm. forthcoming. So if you guys want to actually, I feel this is so fancy. And you've been to the Clavis, <laughs> and I just I can't get enough. I have to introduce this guest before we talk a little bit about the swap that you guys are listening to and will be watching. You know her as co-host of Daily Blast Live and NAACP Awards nominated host of Comeback with Erica Cobb, a podcast and social media show. I know her as a friend and friend fellow alcoholic <laughs> we're running on two hours sleep but yeah. i have all of the time in the world for this conversation erica cobb welcome back to andy's oh girls my gosh thank you dame <laughs> let me let me just say to um my comeback kids the comeback yes. community oh about God, dame sarah yes. Gali, right yes. okay so um this beautiful woman came into my life thank you. um right after like in the middle kind of of the social justice movement and you are a content creator bravo psychology I mean, um andy's girls host of andy's girls but you are also a woman who walks it like she talks it you are an advocate to for so many people and i really appreciated your voice in that space during that time and um ever since then you're like you're my girl i listen to andy's girls every single week she's also a brilliant published writer and and I appreciate you so much. Well, first off, hashtag taste. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, we see each other. We love each other. We, we have some fucking shit to discuss. We so do. I feel like we need to dive in. First off, we're recording this from a um, unnamed hotel somewhere on the... Well, by the, the... time we post, it'll... Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I love it. But you guys will never know the answer. I'm Ooh. keeping that to myself. We're, we're going to save it as a to be continued for our reunion, okay, which we yes. will do probably tomorrow. Love it. We're going to see what happens. 
So we are just wrapping up day two of BravoCon. Mm-hmm. What is your sense of things? You've attended BravoCon before. You've yes. covered it before. Yeah. So what's the difference between prior BravoCons and what you're feeling as of right now with 2023? Well, I my BravoCon experience is a little different because I'm not really in the rooms with the activations, the panels and all of that. I go in specifically to go into the media room and then all I do for two days are interviews. Um, Sunday, I might get a chance to go and like see what's going on. Um, But what I noticed immediately this year, BravoCon being in Vegas as opposed to Javits Center in New York, was uh, the bathroom situation was exponentially better. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we could actually use one. Better. Number one. Um, Very important. Yeah. Beautiful facility. Um, You know, Vegas, not that New York doesn't do these things, but it's like Vegas is an everyday thing dealing with all of these people and all of these different needs. And I just feel like there's a hospitality um, thing where I felt like people might feel like they were a little bit more thought about here. So did you go in 2019? I didn't go in 2019. I only went last year. So 2019 was sort of the miracle year because Mm. we had no idea what to expect. There really wasn't any information shared. So we went in thinking like, I don't know what this is going to be like and if I'm going to enjoy or survive the experience. And then it was a complete dream. It was like perfectly sized, everything. They knocked it out of the park. And when they announced another iteration of it and announced the Javits Center, I got a little nervous Mm. about the huge increase in capacity. And there were so many moments last year where I just felt a little anxious Mm. because it was just... There was a lot of energy, not always positive, just that I saw from attendees, people doing literal plank position at the Beverly Hills panel. Yes, yes, I heard about that. Grown-ass women pitching a fit, which is just save that for Bravo. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to watch it. I don't want to be in it. And if I want to be in it, I want it to be with like... Luann. I don't yeah. want it to be with Trish. You know what I'm saying? Trish. I mean, shout out to all the Trishes in the world. You know, I'm an ally, but I I don't know how I really felt about that. Although there were, of course, like great moments from last year. And this year I was talking about it with um, a member of the Bravo team. And I've talked about it with a bunch of fellow content creators. This very well may be my favorite year. Yeah, I thought 2019 was impossible, um, impossible to eclipse, but the energy is great. All yeah. of the attendees are great. It's really well staffed. They got rid of three levels because SVIP to VIP to GA was ridiculous. Yeah, Just having VIP and GA, perfect. It feels like everything is seamless. The space itself is great. There's plenty of room. I never felt overwhelmed mm-hmm. except for three seconds um, trying to make my way through the maze of getting in the room where it happened at the New York panel, which I want to talk to you about. Mm. But I really, I, I'm I'm loving it. It's my first yeah. time in Vegas. I know. So of course, so I listen to Sarah's podcast, Andy's Girls, all I mean, the time. Thank you. And um, this was really a, a labor um, of love to get yeah, here. Yeah, and money. I mean, it was yeah. a labor of cash if we're keeping it 100. Yeah. But you also were like, I've never been to Vegas and I don't know if I ever, you know, really had a desire to go to Vegas. And I can tell you confidently, I absolutely did not. Yeah. No, this is not my journey. If I want to gamble away money, I look at my checking account. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I know how to 
spend money, I do not feel in any way comfortable losing it. Mm, that's fair. So that's fair. the idea of going, I've never gambled before. I gambled last night for the very first time. Really? Yeah. I um, used someone else's money as well. I yeah, should. Well, yes. And uh, was with some friends and someone gave me a 20, put it into the machine. And then at one point, I mean, I thought I hit the jackpot because I won like a couple dollars but the way the machines work all the bells when you win 10 cents it's like you think you're winning a yeah. million because all the things which is how they get you mm -hmm. um and i screamed so loudly because i thought i had really hit it <laughs> so security came over no! because they thought that i had hit the jackpot so they just wanted to check and see and so i had to be like I, you know, I did because I put in 20 and then we got to cash out with 59, which we then lost minutes later, minutes later with roulette. And because my driver's license, listen, don't do this at home, kids. But I had to travel with another form of ID because I forgot to renew my driver's license. Oh, my license. gosh. So but when I'm like going to the casino, I'm just even though I am and will always remain spiritually mid 20s. Plus, yes. Yes. We I don't know think this. people are really checking the date because it goes you know, when was I yeah. born? The late 90s? Yeah. Is that how that works? <laughs> so it's like at that point, they don't give a shit. Like, yeah. But the person at the like roulette table where we lost the money immediately said, oh, I'm sorry. Do you have another form of ID? And I said, essentially, I have an Instagram and oh, I have my a gosh. business card. And she said, I'm sorry, you can't play. And I was like, all right, well, joke's on you because I didn't even know how. And <laughs> so the friend that I was with sat down and she looked at me and she's like, oh, you can't stand here. Oh, because they couldn't verify my age. And since I am ageless by Ramona, yeah, which is probably one of maybe two times she will be mentioned over the course of this conversation <laughs> oh, and Lord. hopefully ever again. Um, and then my friend went to play and he said, oh, we lost. And we started to walk away. And the person like the dealer started laughing. And she's like, no, we didn't start yet. So we and then we did lose. Then we did. <laughs> We lost it all immediately. And then that happened. And then yeah. that happened. But I feel like that's kind of the journey is like, okay, I gambled that one time. I did it because yeah. I thought it was really funny. We were not welcomed into – we got denied at Guy Fieri's – what's it? Like – Cheese Hall. What's the name of his? Blazing Hot Burgers, whatever the name of it. Flavortown. They he got denied. Yeah, they said that they were at capacity and it was almost empty. And then I thought, okay. this is this is hitting bottom is I can't even go to get a joke photo. And well, I wanted to I could have used my passport to get to Flavortown. Yeah. He, you know what Here, I'm here's the thing, though. Um, yeah. It wasn't that it was po overpopulated or booked with people. It was overpopulated and booked with all of the freaking ingredients in the world on every single thing mm -hmm. that they serve. I mean, like, I don't understand. I don't understand that restaurant. Like, can we just stick to- Have you actually to... been there? Well, I went to like, uh, don't they have like the ones in the airport? Like uh, some guy, Fieri, like you restaurant know, in the airport. Matthew McConaughey's dear close friend. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, what? I just want the burger. Like, why does it have to have 17 different things on top of it? Maybe it's like there's too the much burger. flavor. Flavor Town is overpopulated. <laughs> and that's the reason why- you couldn't get in. Well, spoiler alert, he does give you a little bit of a clue about what you're going to experience mm. with the name of the restaurant being Flavortown. Yeah. So I feel like he Every probably flavor. thinks he might be interesting on like the Real Housewives of New Jersey. I could see. Ooh. I could see a little Guy Fieri action. Yeah. Um, so listen, 
we've talked a little bit about gambling because mm-hmm. we literally have to. And BravoCon in and of itself sometimes feels like a little bit of a gamble of it's a little bit of a leap of faith, especially for folks who are traveling. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask you, noting that you were in the media room for most, if not all of your time, was there a panel that you wish that you had been in the room to see? Oh, that's tough. Okay. Because I'm a person like I'm a I'm a Bravo purist. Amen. Like I I do get into the like enjoyment of like this the storyline outside of the storyline, but I feel like with the panels if someone is if two people are feuding, mm-hmm. And then you're seeing their relationship on the panel before we see it play out on television. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like it's a bit of a spoiler alert. Yeah. So I don't know if there was there would have been a panel. (sighs) Dubai girls were very activated. They were trying like they were on. It were was, they? Yes. Um, but I think they're also trying to just drum up yeah, um, bless you know, a hearts. lot of anticipation. And yeah. Stuff. Do you think they'll be successful? Um, you know, it's interesting because I didn't speak to all of them, mm-hmm. but I spoke to um, Caroline Brooks and Chanel Ion. Mm-hmm. Now, Brooks is a chameleon. Like she kind of fits in with everything. And I'm not saying that in a shady way. Yeah. Um, it just, you know, she she's kind of a little bit of everything, right? Chanel Ayan is like bigger than the show. Yeah. And she really is. Yeah. So it's it's in, it's an interesting dynamic because, you know, we're still just gonna wait and see what happens season two, but we need more to uh be invested in for sure. As a Bravo fan, was there a difference for you in someone that you were able to interview and chat with through BravoCon while at BravoCon, while covering BravoCon? Other ways of saying being out in the room when it happens. Um, Was there someone that you were just genuinely looking forward to getting the chance to chat with as a Bravo fan and someone that you were excited to chat with as a journalist? Was there a difference between the two, two names who come to mind? Yeah, I was eager to talk to Andy. Great. Because I thought that it was important to at least try to broach the question of the reality reckoning. Mm -hmm. Um, It was interesting, though, and this is like super inside baseball. We're like a little behind the scenes, but another person uh, that was covering carpet um, asked him a series of questions and it was like he shut down. Like it was one to three word answers. Wow. And I really wanted to ask him some like other important questions about, you know, the journey of single dadhood, because that's a voice that we don't hear that often. Um, You know, the surrogacy and all of that for men. Um, So I didn't want him to shut down. So what I ended up doing was um, talking about it from how he kind of alluded to this idea of all of these people potentially getting canceled or, you know, what worked 15 years ago doesn't work now. And he talked about it in his book, Daddy Diaries. And so I brought it up that way about it being like a change in climate to get him to talk more about it. I don't know if it was the most effective conversation, Mm. um, but I do appreciate, I mean, I got a little bit of a soundbite about that. Um, someone that I was really looking forward to. Well, I can tell you someone I, something I didn't anticipate happening. Please. Um, Emily from um, OC. Uh-huh. 
I never really had a connection to Emily, but I was talking to Gina, who's been on our show multiple times on Daily Blast Live. And um, then I asked them a question about, uh, I asked Emily a question about changing the course of her um, life, you know, like deciding to be a stay-at-home mom and stuff. And she got a little emotional about her children wow. because it took her a long time and she struggled to have them. And she got a little choked up. And then I looked at her and I started bawling. And I'm like, Erica. oh, my God, I cannot cry now. But um, I told her because um, I'm just a couple weeks out um, from finishing or like about a month out from finishing IVF. And so um, when she said that, I was like, oh, my God, like and we're like the th- I we're all crying on the car. Now she's like, please, please DM me. And I'm like, I'm going to. Like, so now she's like one of my favorite people ever because she's like, it's a sisterhood journey. I'll support you. And I'm like, thank you, Emily. <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah, it wasn't on my, and I said, I'm like, this was not on my Bravo, BravoCon bingo card to cry on the carpet. It was the craziest experience that's never happened to me. But that is incredible. And it's a credit to you and to her to be able to unite with shared vulnerability mm. that like you yeah. felt safe with her. She felt safe with you. Mm-hmm. And that's to me the best case scenario, not only as someone covering the event, but also as a fan and a woman. Yeah. I mean, these are the kinds of conversations that are really important and incredibly valuable is to say, mm-hmm. I'm going through this thing or I connected with what you showed on Orange County or what you showed on the carpet and both of you felt comfortable and safe and emotionally honest with each other to have a moment. I mean, that's mm. incredible. Yeah. That And that's genuinely a credit to both of you. Well, the truth is that watching these and that's why I love your show so much because it talks about the hum- the humanity yeah. of what we're watching. And I think that I've seen, we've obviously, and some people will joke like, not another IVF journey. But for some of us, it's important to see someone go through it and understand that it may not be a linear thing. And so actually this past or um, this weekend, I'm posting only the content about IVF, surrogacy, um, all of those from the Bravo celebrities because I think a part of their story has helped me with mine. I, that gets to the heart of why I love Bravo. I mean, it's it's the knowledge that there's so much value that can come from this mm-hmm. and the fact that you're creating additional value with the connection to the audience and helping educate people and families and women. I think that's mm. that's amazing. And it's a passion. It's like, what better way to talk about something that's meaningful to you and important to you and also connected to this Bravo universe? Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um. I do have to admit that I did also uh, shed a tear mm. today with a Bravo Lab, um, potentially unexpected to Andy's Girls listeners, okay. but I went to Bravo Palooza, which is this um, 
room within, you know, the world and sphere of BravoCon where it's like a much, much smaller crowd. There's like little bites and a bar and a bunch of Bravo Labs, like let's say Mm -hmm. five or so, and you get an hour to just mix and mingle with them. And they're essentially there the entire time. Yeah. So it was Phaedra, Katie Maloney from Pump Rolls and her mom, Terry, who I immediately went over and was like, you're an icon. Um, (laughs) And Allie from Pump Rolls, Sutton from Beverly Hills, um, Teresa and Louie. And I was like, do I want him to be out of the photo? And then he actually <laughs> instinctively went out. And this is the nuts person I am. I was like, no, Louie, come in. Like, I was like, what, an, what a choice I made. Um, uh, so there were a bunch of people and Candace. Mm-hmm. Now, Candace and I mm-hmm. had a, a friendly yes. dynamic and relationship. She was on Andy's Girls at the height of BLM, I reached out to her and said, I was thinking about having her on and having a convo. And then I said, let's not do that. Any time that you want, talk and I'll put it with no edits, just whatever it is that you want to communicate and you want to say, let's put that up long form. Mm-hmm. And she was lovely and immediately agreed and sent me a, a great combo that she was essentially having directly with Andy's girls listeners. And it was great. And I mean, I still believe that her wedding was... I guess top three, if not top yeah. two, like most yeah, beautiful, beautiful weddings on on Bravo. And I really loved her and I found myself getting very upset by some language that she was using on social media um, in arguments with a content creator. And they were, from everything that I heard, it was very contentious, not only on her side that in many ways she was probably just responding to this person Mm -hmm. potentially going after I don't have a ton of information but she was relying on tropes that you know air on fat phobic Mm -hmm. and body shaming stuff and it's hard and complicated when you're doing that on reality tv it's harder when you're doing that in the bravo community and I say this acknowledging I have no idea of the specifics of anything going on she very well may have felt on the defense and like this is the only way I can process this. And we all make mistakes. And and that's even a judgment of me thinking that it is a mistake. You know what mm, I'm saying? Like we yeah. all have ways of communicating that another person might not love, but it's just our way of sometimes processing and combating someone else's shit. Mm-hmm. And I posted publicly because she had uh, apologized for some other social that she had posted. Um, and so she apologized for some social um, with an apology to the gay community about some uh, previous tweets. And I commented and said, you know, it's fantastic that you're taking responsibility and it would be great if we could have a little bit of an adjustment here on publicly fat shaming and body shaming people. Because I always think like, especially on Housewives too, when you're having that kind of fight and relying on that kind of stuff, I don't think about the person you're fighting with. I think about all of the other people Mm -hmm. watching. And so we had a DM exchange about the fact that I had commented that and it did not go terribly well. And uh, I was very, very rattled by it. And the thing that I found very helpful was the fact that since I host a podcast about Andy's girls, have I spoken to her since then? No, but having that kind of podcast where you're really forcing yourself, but it's genuinely just an opportunity to like look at someone through the lens of empathy and discovery and connection Mm -hmm. that I didn't close the door on someone as potentially a housewife would, you know, like there's a responsibility on Mm -hmm. us. We're watching these shows. Candy has been at the 
at the heart of Potomac, certainly for the last several seasons. And I watched the things and challenges that she's been struggling with, mm-hmm. her communication with her mom. I felt nothing but empathy for her. I think it's very, very complicated. And she's gone through a lot on the show. And I feel like I understand her. And it always kind of upset me that like we had such a terrible interaction. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that neither of us were thrilled with it. And then she's at Bravo Palooza. And I was like, I just have to say something. So I went over with a friend of mine. I was like, I don't know what to say. And so a friend of mine who works on Bravo shows was chatting with her. And then I said, listen, um, you've been on my show before. And I just want to say we didn't have maybe a great interaction after, but I'm so appreciative of what you've shown on the show. And I just, um, you know, like all of that other stuff kind of goes away. And she was immediately like, you know, we're not life is has ups and downs and challenges. And, and I got really emotional, like, because I was just because you're like, you know, it's getting to the heart of a person's triggers Mm -hmm. and vulnerability. And if you feel like that has been weaponized by someone, that's tough. And and so I said to her, I was like, you know, it's, I just really regret that that happened, that Mm -hmm. that exchange happened with us, because it, it, certainly wasn't a benefit to me. Lord knows she's probably interacting with a zillion people, but it just really was a very Whitney Rose style healing journey Yeah, to be able to just sit with her and be like, listen, you know, let's squash that beef. Yeah, And maybe that's one-sided. Maybe that's just me internalizing the conflict, but I found it was like very healing to do. Well, I, you know, I, I remember that time and um you know i think when you are a person who is transparent like you are yeah like candace's and you are someone who like you've shared things and people know where your sensitivities may lie and if you feel like you're in a trusting place with someone and they turn that on you Mm. it is very triggering and i think she gets triggered like that as well because people are constantly using those things. So it's like you, when she said, you know, things are up and down or whatever, that is the basis of Bravo in general. Like there has to be conflict so there can be resolution. And I think it normalizes it in a lot of ways. But I'm glad you had that conversation with her because I remember when that happened and how you your feelings like were hurt like that was not and not like saying like oh your feelings like no sincerely I think people kind of minimize the idea of getting your feelings hurt and sometimes I have to say like I'm not angry you just really hurt me you know um or just or you know disrespected me in that way yeah intentionally so I'm I'm glad you did that. I'm glad that you decided to get that off of your heart because that is something that's we walk away with or walk around with so much baggage for so many things that really could be resolved with a conversation. Yeah. And as a result, you end up carrying those things. Totally. And I don't think that's great for anyone. I completely agree. And you know, I then sat down for whatever next panel I was watching and I thought, you know, I'm I'm ready to unblock Candace because I would like to tag her in a squash the beef photo of us, of which there are several. And um 
unfortunately, I could not find her name in the many, many names of people that I have blocked. And then it came to my because a friend of mine, we were fully in another panel, like trying to Google, like, how does blocking work? Like, where are we? And it turns out that if you have blocked someone and then they have blocked you back, which I did not know was even a possibility, you're probably never going to find them on Sunstruck's internet quite literally ever again. So now I'm like, how awkward we've had this healing journey moment and i i guess the healing journey will continue independent of each other on yeah. social media oh my god so candace if you're watching this <laughs> i would love for you to come back on andy's girls not monologue style um although oftentimes guesting on andy's girls can give you a little bit of that monologue energy but i would love to have her back so if you could unblock me that would be great. Well, I feel like I spoke to Candace. She is on the, her seg or her part about her IVF journey is on my um, podcast. Oh my god! Um, she has a very special voice yeah. in the conversation. Yeah, because um, a lot of times people think about it like me, where I'm 42 and I'm like, is this something that's going to happen for me? Mm-hmm. But what I really want younger women to know is about being proactive about your fertility journey. Mm-hmm. And she was someone who showed us what that looked like. So um, she seemed like she's in such a great place. She is a comeback queen. She is. Um, So it was nice to talk to her because I've definitely, I've had my ups and downs like with feelings with everyone, but also that's why they make great TV. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. 
The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Row, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Roe.co slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. I just came back from the salon, and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. (laughs) Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Believable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. And that's always the thing of like, if you have the capacity to watch someone change and allow yourself to be open to understanding that growth, Mm -hmm. we... For a a franchise that's all about complicated people, oftentimes as viewers, we try to be we try to be as simple as humanly possible of like, well, that person did something that pissed me off. So I'm done with them versus sometimes people behave in ways that are incredibly negative or toxic or, you know, vile or not specific to Candace, but just the the I'm just thinking of like. I don't know, honestly, some stuff on New Jersey of recent, but you know, like there can be moments in which you can heartily disagree. Mm -hmm. And there's also the ability to think to yourself, wow, this person, I find myself really disliking this person. What about their behavior do I find so triggering? Mm -hmm. Because that's also a journey of like, is it 
only the fact that they're behaving in a way that I disagree with? Or is there some sort of projection of my own insecurity that I'm placing on this? And yeah. that's the kind of conversation that I think is is fascinating. And, that, and now you're in a space where you're talking to these people mm -hmm. and it's like, which version? Am I talking to the um, step and repeat version on yeah. the press line? Am I talking to the version that I've seen on edited episodes? Am I talking to the person who I think I would be talking to exactly in the way that I am mm -hmm. outside of the world of Bravo, which is in and of itself a performance? I, it's it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I think, well, here's a question. Because, and I don't know how inside baseball, and I don't want to say something. Um, you can go at wrong. all fully, fully inside baseball. Well, okay. One thing that I find disheartening about BravoCon okay. is the idea that Bravo creators are not represented in the press room. And the reason why, and because you know, it's the outlets, like, you know, I'm a creator, but I basically, I'm like the Andy Cohen of DBL. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Um, well, essentially, my production company or my company is contracted not only for me as a host, but also I create content. So it's almost like I do a collaboration between my daytime talk show mm. and my podcast. And that's why I get in the room because I'm on a nationally syndicated talk show, right? Right. As a result of that, like I'm an actual Bravo-holic. Not everyone in that room is a Bravo-holic. So you're not getting the same thought and depth on questions from the AP. And yeah. I'm not trying to like call out the no, AP. No, of course. Um, you're just not going to get that. And what I find is a lot of Bravo-holics will say, hey, thank you for asking such thoughtful questions. Like, oh, you're really invested because so many other outlets, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, bitchy about it. Um, they won't ask those. And I think, I think it's important to have people who are truly invested, like all of your content or a lot of your content has to do with Bravo and this network and the investment in these people. So I feel like there should be more content creators in the room. So if you had the choice between being in the press room or going to panels, which experience would you choose? Well, first off, thank you for acknowledging that because unfortunately, Bravo does not consider podcasts to be media. Mm -hmm. So they seemingly had a um, whatever kind of ruling that anyone who was in the press room who had a podcast had a podcast in addition to another form of seemingly traditional media. Yeah. Anyone who just had a podcast, God forbid, like a top rated pod that, you know, it did not matter. Um, I'm sure there were likely a couple exceptions, but I actually don't know of any um, offhand. Um, so what would I have liked to do? I would have liked to have had the choice. Honestly, I did try to get press credentials. I wasn't successful. I'm covering the event for the second year in a, in a row for the Daily Beast. We'll be writing a piece mm -hmm. for them and talking to Bravo fans. Um, but that didn't move the needle at all either because they have been very, very withholding with press access and mm -hmm. very, very generous with other opportunities. So mm -hmm. uh, there's like a sense of gratitude and appreciation and also you know, uh, uh, sort of not disinterest, but devaluing of podcasts, which is so unfortunate because there are so few opportunities to have not only control of the content you're creating, but really long form, interesting conversations. And yet that's not the direction that they're interested in going in. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a control issue or just a lack of awareness about yeah. the direction of media, but they don't 
uh, versus some other networks. They don't seem as interested in investing in podcasts, let alone podcasts that are focused on bringing attention to them. Um, But speaking of attention, before we wrap, there was a little bit of a moment that you had at the press line that I want to get your thoughts on because you had an exclusive with a housewife about something that was so shocking to me. I had no idea. So please, if you can tell the AGs and the comeback kids about some background of what you discovered and a conversation with a housewife about her reaction to it. Yeah. So Marge from um, New Jersey, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Um, So on X... I saw there was a leaked audio and they said it was, quote, leaked. And it said that it was Marge and she used the N-word twice, um, referring to someone that she saw and they were there. And then, like, basically something to the effect of, like, you know, bleep the ends or something like that. Like, it was two two prominent N-words, okay? Um, And so... Uh, they were saying like, she should be fired. Where's the cancellation? She's racist and like all the stuff. And I just thought it was, it was kind of strange because March has a really distinctive voice. And I'm not saying that a million percent wasn't her, um, but she has a very distinctive voice. And honestly, it didn't really sound like her. And so it was a little Like I was questioning it, not wanting to jump to any conclusion either way. Like I today was the first day I've ever spoken to Marge Mm. and her husband, Joe. I've never had like, oh, my God, like I, you know, have to be a Marge fan. You know, it's I've had not a huge connection. I love that she drinks iced coffee with Snickers crema. It seems like something I want to have a signature drink at my house. Yeah, I want to have a signature coffee. So I asked her about the leaked, quote unquote, leaked audio. And um, I wanted to give her an opportunity to respond to it. And she did. And are we going to play it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Marge, I want to talk to you about something that is a little bit heavier. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. Okay, sure. A video came out and it was, right, an audio came out. Yes, of course. Stating that you said something that was racially Okay, I'm going to just say this right now. That was not my voice. I vehemently deny it. I've never said a racial slur in my life. Um, I think it's very obvious that that something like that, after seven years of me being on the show, came out two days before BravoCon. Um, I am, I was disgusted, horrified. Everybody, my voice is very distinct. That was not my voice. And I generated AI. And I was very, um, very upset. It's being investigated. We have someone in cybersecurity investigating it. Um, that's a criminal activity. And I was very disappointed because I was like, I was hurt by it because I've been ridiculed, attacked many times, but I thought it was also hurting my fans. And the people love me right before BravoCon and trying to bring negativity to it and negativity to the network because that's what's so upsetting as well. I don't want to link the two, but last season was very, it got kind of dark because yes, of yes, yes. Teresa's new husband. Yes, yes. And I'm curious how y'all are dealing with it off camera because it seems like it goes past the storyline. I I agree. And I don't want to say it's anybody on the show would do that to me at all. And I don't want to think those thoughts. Um, But I, it's upset. It's upsetting to me that right before this major event, something so horrible happened to myself 
um, and brought negativity around this at all on a Twitter or whatever. And, you know, and something horrible happened to Joe Gorga as well, right? It's like, so I'm just going to leave it at that. It's being looked into by cybersecurity. Obviously, that is not me. I would never say something. I, I was horrified. Truthfully, I was horrified. That's why I wasn't even going to give it any light. And I'm just disgusted and it, taking it very, very seriously as a criminal activity. As you should. Yes. As you should. But I, if you don't make the connection, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm thinking it. I know a lot of people are thinking it. Yes. But I honestly... I'm so happy to do that yet. Yeah. At all. Obviously. Yeah. I don't well, like to accuse anybody till it's a fact. Yeah. Then that's what fair. we will find out of it. And we'll, we'll, we'll find out what, what, you know, it's being investigated heavily by also a lot of people. Okay. Well, okay. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really wanted to give you that. I, I appreciate that so much. Thank you. Thank okay. you, my love. Thank you. So what are your thoughts? Um, I I have questions. So this came out right before BravoCon. Mm -hmm. How did it come out? Who was the person who magically found this receipt on the side of a road? That I don't know. Yeah, it just it started with a post, and then of course there were all of these comments and stuff underneath it. Yeah, I don't know. I would want to follow the source that magically found this, and I also think coming off of the New Jersey reunion with a lot of questions around Louis' behavior and motivations mm. and this Fakakta Bodidal thing, that it is interesting the timing of this coming out days before mm -hmm. and it being so specific to yeah. Marge, who also acknowledged in the panel with uh, for her section of New Jersey, which was today, which I attended, that like there's nothing happening with her relationship with Teresa. So... Mm. um. I think there are questions that I have without any information, all of this being just kind of confusing at a certain point. How upsetting, though, and right on the heels of Ramona being disinvited mm. from the from the ball, which yeah. I need to have you come back to AG Classic to deep dive. Um, there's something about it that doesn't pass the smell test for me. And I, and you know, I know Marge. I'm friendly with Marge, and it just feels... I mean, we all know that Ramona is a piece of shit. So it's right. like with Marge, and I don't see it at all. Not that I would have thing. any. I, it doesn't sound it sounds like somebody was out for blood, honestly. Like, honestly, and I listen, I'm a black woman. OK, <laughs> like I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to be like automatically rushing to a judgment or a defense of anyone that I don't know personally. But I did feel like I was like. It didn't pass the sniff test to me when I first heard it because I actually will walk around the house and be like, oh, I need some some iced coffee with Snickers crema <laughs> because I like mimicking her yeah. voice. And so I know what she sounds like. And I was like, it just doesn't necessarily sound like it was close, but it didn't really sound like her, you know, so. I don't know. I, I don't know. I do think that, I mean, I believe her Yeah. to be very honest and people might be upset about that. We all have to make our own decisions. I really believed her and I wanted to give her an opportunity to say her piece because I thought it was important. And she said that I was the only person who asked. And my response was maybe I was the most appropriate person to ask. So, you know, I appreciated her, you know, being open and saying what it is. And we had quite the conversation offline um, about being in situations like with friends who end up with partners like Louie. 
And she said she didn't want to point any fingers and, you know, she didn't want to indict anyone. She only does that if she has all the facts, but she's definitely, um, you know, doing an investigation and she should. Well, first off, I completely agree about your voice being important um, in which to have that conversation. I did not know of this happening. I don't have the pleasure of being on X. Oh, yeah. Um, well, poor oh, you. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> But I think that's I'm I'm so thankful that you discussed that with her. And I also think there are so many questions about her friend's relationship. I do think that part three of New Jersey or part three or part four, how many parts were there for New Jersey? I think it was three. Was it three? For Whatever the, the last part of the New Jersey reunion was one of the darkest, most toxic yeah. things that I've ever seen with so many questions around like safety, kids being doxxed and harassed. Mm-hmm. And it just made me feel viscerally uncomfortable. Yeah. So the fact that this is happening so close to BravoCon, mm. right on the heels of a lot of attention to Ramona, is a genuine, what a terrible to be continued. But it's important to ask those questions and to get clarity and to also provide Marge with an opportunity to respond. Mm. And I think that what you did was important and good for many reasons. And I'm thankful um, to you for doing that as both a you know creator, but also just genuinely a fan. Like those are the kinds of conversations that we need to be having. Having? Having? Yes. <laughs> it's all happening. It's all happening. It's all yeah. happening. <laughs> happening. But Listen. wait a minute, you yeah, didn't answer my question. What if was it was to... up to you? Yeah. Would you do the press room route or would you do the BravoCon experience? Route? I would. I would attempt to do both. I genuinely would. I would say if there's a schedule of who's in the press room for whatever days, mm. I would want to be in the press room for that time, but. I I like being having a part of the energy of the conference and also depending on the ways that they're sharing permissions for being in the press room. If you're having people on there who are doing podcasts, the goal would be to ensure that they are also getting a sense of the BravoCon culture, which is, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. The demographics and dynamics of attendees at BravoCon are relatively consistent for the last couple of years. Um, And I think it's important to you know, be in, again, the rooms where it happened, Mm. the room where it happens, Mm. but plural, we've had a long day and haven't slept. Um, But I I would ideally have both. I know that that's probably a little bit of a cop out, but no, it's honestly how I feel. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping to get a little bit last year. I went on Sunday, but honestly, if you're talking to everyone, there's no way to do both unless you do like a Sunday experience. So I don't think it's a cop out, but I do think that it should be your choice what you want to do. Right. And hopefully next year, Bravo will um, maybe open some of these doors. They've been so generous uh, and wonderful to work with and collaborate with on so many different levels. And and yet the final frontier for those of us who are um, podcasters and those of us who are also writers, it's it's kind of difficult to cross that line. But you know, lines can be crossed in yeah. a positive way and doors can be open. So we'll see what happens. Listen, Erica Cobb, tell the AGs where they can follow you on social, um, all that and more. Yes, at Erica Cobb on um, 
all social platforms except for TikTok, which is I am Erica Cobb. Um, somebody stole my name. How dare! I know. Sarah, share with my audience where they can find and follow you and Andy's Girls. Well, first off, thanks for having me. This has been a total delight and a joy. And you can find me on Instagram at Dame Galley. I have a bunch of BravoCon content there as well as a lot of other stuff cooking. Um, and of course, there's the Andy's Girls Patreon where you get exclusive bonus episodes and so much much more. And Andy's Girls comes out wherever you can listen, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Mm -hmm. So there we are. Erica Cobb, thanks so much for coming back. Oh my gosh. Thank thank you for coming back. (laughs) We're just a couple of comeback kids at the end of the day. Yes, we are. And we in Vegas, baby. (laughs) It's a gamble, but we're here to win. We're here to win. On that note, guys, thanks so much for listening and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.